Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. At one point, the YouTube alone was driving 100000 a month wow. in those sales. So, you know, it was one of those things that I, I never really thought about selling it. It was kind of more like, hey, this is great. I'm supporting a lot of people, a lot of families, my family. We're doing just fine. Rob Stanley, welcome to the Fearless Sellers podcast. You are the man behind the money suit, yep. the face of Gatita. But what people don't know is you are an OG in the Amazon and e-com selling space, building a YouTube channel with millions of followers and being able to sell that. Welcome. Thank you. Wow, I sound kind of old there. That's a, that's a great introduction. Yeah, that started actually kind of, kind of a long time ago. So uh, back at 98, I was selling on eBay and one of the very early ones selling on eBay. And I had started experimenting with taking photos of kind of how to take apart uh, Palm Pilots. So people don't know what a Palm Pilot is. Oh, I remember that, that thing in your hand yeah. and you had like a stylus to poke at it. That was it. And it pretty much, it, it did a few things, but it mainly was holding your phone numbers. That's really all it really did. It was almost like a phone directory in your hand. So I was selling parts. Well, I wasn't selling parts. I was actually uh, showing people how to take those apart. And I was doing the pictures of it. Then I was like, you know, this would be easier with video. Now, 98, 99, video, shooting video onto a computer was not that easy. Right. So it was like I had to figure out. I think I went and spent, oh, it was several thousand dollars on basically shooting onto a mini hard drive that I would then use go to a computer and then a computer had to be high end. And it, you had to uh, edit linear. Yeah. Right? You edit in a line. Because I came from the TV world yep. and I was working in television during those years. And yeah, that's a lot of work to make videos. It was it was a lot of work. So we would do that and then we would actually upload them to our website because we had a little website back then. And it was mainly just a website helping people kind of understand how to take these apart and you know how they worked and or how to do an upgrade on them. And there was never really like uh, anything about parts. Like I wasn't really selling any parts or anything, but I was getting all this demand. They were like getting these emails and they're like, okay, where do I buy this part? Where do I buy that part? So I was like, well, I wonder if I should maybe start buying some of these broken ones off eBay and put them up on the site and sell the parts off. So that kind of started a little bit of a venture going, there's no Shopify, right? And right. so it's like, okay, I could throw the parts up on eBay or I could do a website and I don't have to pay the eBay fees. But then you gotta figure out how do you take credit cards? How do you get a website? How do you drive traffic to the website? Exactly, exactly. SEO back yeah. then, which I don't I don't even know if it was called SEO back then, but how to basically get people there, so. Yeah, that's the, that's the reason we all like selling on other people's platforms. Exactly, and eventually it did lead there. But I mean, I did find this site, um, I think it was called Big Step back then or something like that, which I think Big Commerce bought them out at some point. But uh, they kind of, had a little bit of integration. I, did, I kind of was there with them for about a year. Started off with just one or two parts on the website, getting a couple sales a week, and then it just kept evolving. And then it was like one or two a week to like three to five a day, seven a day, 10 a day. Then I started outgrowing them. So I went over to this other company that was similar to what Shopify does now. And it's called Miva, Miva Merchant back then. And Miva had this great platform that had everything integrated coupons and checkouts and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, this is much easier. So I can just put everything over there, move my parts over, basically start selling and just concentrate on selling. Right. 
So that that was uh, that was kind of the the, the start. That, that website was called Get High Tech back then. So which it just kind of kept evolving because I was like, okay, well, now we're going to make these videos and we're going to host them on our own site. But back then when you hosted videos, you had to pay for all that extra hosting space. Oh, right. So, yeah. And there's like mm-hmm. storage rooms of hosting servers. And I was filling them up fast. So <laughs> those videos were not small. So, you know, it was, it was just multiple videos of taking apart these different electronic devices besides Palm Pilots, and then also sourcing the parts to bring those in to be able to sell those. To sell it, yes. Yeah. And then when when did YouTube even come about? Yeah, so for quite a few years, we basically would just host our own videos, kept building through, kept going through the whole line, right? We went uh, to Trios, then to Blackberries. Blackberries was kind of an interesting phase because I personally really liked the Blackberry back then. And then there was this whole rumor about Apple's going to come out with this phone. Well, that was kind of work. That was going to work out really well for us because we were kind of getting a little stale at that point with all the phones that were around. They just weren't cutting edge, and they were kind of felt like just a barely a version of the one that just left. Okay. So then it's like, okay, here comes this phone that everybody's talking about. So we're getting close to this. Is, so the launch was actually of the iPhone was June 29th, uh, two thousand seven. So just before that, we heard a lot of rumbles about this. We were starting to kind of venture into fixing iPods. So we were like, okay, oh, let's yeah. prep ourselves. We already know how to do these videos. We're doing them for our website. I'm talking to a buddy of mine about, uh, he he had, I think, thrown a couple of videos up on YouTube. And I was really concerned about kind of our IP, our intellectual property. Okay. And I'm going, okay, if I put this video up, can you download it and re-upload it with your own name on it? And he goes like this, and he literally like did it within sure. a couple of seconds. And I'm going, oh great. I'm like, okay, how do I protect my video that I'm gonna spend a lot of time and money on, and I'm gonna, you know, want it to be up there, but how do I protect it? So the thing we came up with was uh, basically putting our website name across the bottom of the video. Okay. So like in the bottom corner. Yeah. So we're like, if we put our website there, a it's good advertising, and b if somebody re-uploads it, it's watermarked into the video. So we decided, okay, here comes this iPhone. Uh, long story short, waited in line pretty much all day to get that iPhone. I Got had it. people wait for me. I remember getting that yeah. iPhone. And I, I went and waited at AT&T store because the Apple store lines were longer. And the, But the AT&T risk was they only got a certain amount of them. Uh. So I was able to get one. We had everything already ready, ran back, shot this whole video, had it up online within a couple hours. So probably, let's call it about nine o'clock pacific standard time so we get this thing up and i'm just like okay i'm going home and then i was like you well see you're getting all excited yeah i'm excited i'm expecting you got like a hundred thousand views or something and see i was just like whatever i threw it up there i'll go home and i didn't even think about really the video because i didn't know what it would do until like that sunday and i logged in I, i go in sunday and i'm like oh my god we have like I think it was under 100,000 views, but it was getting up there. Like oh, I was 70, right. 80. See, I guess. Yeah, so. it was. It was pretty close. And I think by Monday, we'd gone over 100,000 views at that point. So that kind of triggered something. I go, you know, 100,000 people in two days just saw my website name in the bottom corner of this video for the whole video. And I said, there's something here. Yes. So we went back, redid all of our videos, put them, started just putting them all up on YouTube. And just start building this channel, learning about YouTube, start throwing things up there, and things that we didn't even necessarily care parts for. So at that time, when the iPhone came out, we didn't have parts for it. Sure. But we, what we found was there was a residual of people coming to our website that maybe also had a BlackBerry or some other thing that we did have parts for. And they're buying that. 
to give it to their kid or you know hand it down basically so it was it was a pretty interesting start to uh youtube that is super cool yeah. so then you're building this youtube channel is that now your full-time job yeah, no, th we still have the whole company. So the company and the YouTube channel were kind of one, okay, right? So okay. just to give everybody an idea, so we the, we were mainly were doing do, DIY uh, videos. So DIY on how to fix your Thanks iPhone, so. how to fix your iPad, how to fix your uh, pod, uh, MP3 player even, even besides a, uh, a you know Palm Pilot and things like that. So that led to here's these DIY videos you can get for free off of YouTube or search on YouTube that also got picked up on Google search. And then here, here's our name, or here's a clickable link that you could go and now check out our website. To buy whatever yeah, you were so, selling parts-wise. Exactly. And we were just using it kind of as a lead generation, right? So here's these free videos. So I did hire actually a full-time person to do videos. Okay. And uh, he was also a technician, so he would work on the phones for us and then do the videos at the same time. And then I would, my responsibility at that time was I got to find all the technology for him to be able to work on and make these videos. So I'd go out and find them besides running a business and try to build up this company. So at one point we actually, I, I would say probably when we got close to about 2009, 2010, we started becoming like the biggest supplier of iPhone parts in the United States. So that was direct to consumer. That's awesome. Showing them how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it got really crazy. And, and almost all that was driven by that YouTube channel. And then you, so you built this e-com business, let's call it, with the YouTube channel to over seven figures. Yeah. And yeah. how did you realize um, that it was valuable and you were going to sell it? Yeah. So at one point, the YouTube alone was driving 100000 a month wow. in those sales. So, you know, it was one of those things that I, I never really thought about selling it. It was kind of more like, hey, this is great. I'm supporting a lot of people, a lot of families, my family. We're doing just fine. You know, things are good. Money in the bank, kids, all that stuff. So never really had thought about it at that point of selling it. But as we kind of crept over that 2010 barrier, uh, everybody probably remember, like, all of a sudden these repair shops are popping up on every yes, corner. Yes, I do. Yeah, that's happening around 2011 to about 2012. Well, I had to go to them because I kept dropping my phone. Exactly. So our... I. I'll tell you right now, my biggest mistake was not pivoting into the wholesale area and selling parts to those guys, oh. which I do know some friends who did, and they did very well. Uh, we, I was still always about help the consumer, help the consumer, you know, give them the part. Well, a lot of the consumers were finding these, you know, these different little shops would do it for, you know, $20, $30 more than buying the part for me and do it themselves. So then it was like a shift, right? And we start right. seeing the sales come down a little bit. So it was one of those things that we were like, okay, how do we pivot? So we're talking, you know, pretty getting close to about 2012. So I'm seeing business slow down, but I'm like, how do we pivot and still stay successful? So luckily, a friend of mine from back in the Palm Pilot days, he had what they call an import company, which we would actually refer to as an Amazon business now. Okay. And uh, he basically came to me and said, hey, I think if we put some time and money into this, we could really build this up. Not knowing it was going to be an Amazon business, it was just like, hey, we'll sell on Amazon, sell on eBay, sell on Sears, Walmart, everything, right? Like whatever was there, Walmart, Walmart wasn't even included. Yeah, actually. try all the platforms. Yeah, exactly. So all the current platforms at that time. So uh, basically, him and I sat down, and talked, came up with a number, and I became fifty percent owner of that. My wife and I uh, became fifty percent owner of that. Yeah, we'll give Desiree a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big shout out to my wife because she handled the books and helped with a lot of stuff. So. Um, opportunity right there came up and we ran that side by side. 
So as the other business slowing down, the iPhone business is going up. I think we, within the first year, we doubled sell all our sales, like the sales for the company, for the import company back then. We doubled in the first year. That's awesome. Yeah. So that that was kind of the start of my Amazon career, besides the e-commerce thing still going. And then you started to realize Amazon is just such a powerful search engine. Absolutely. I'm sure your sales were just much better on there. Absolutely. Yeah. No, they were they were great on there. He was already established on there. So all I was doing, my, my role at that company was basically sourcing products. So I was really into like finding products. How do I find them? Of course, remember all these tools were not really there yet. Right. There wasn't Alibaba. There was, there was barely Alibaba, but it really... I'm not going to say something negative. It just wasn't as quality as okay. it is now. How okay. about that? Yes. So it wasn't as reliable either. So we were finding that, you know, it's like we had to do a lot of the research ourselves. There's no tools like we have now, right? So you had to do a lot of research and like go over there. So it was like we have to head over there. And luckily, my, my business partner knew about the Canton Fair. So he's like, we got to go to Canton. And go ahead. And explain what the Canton Fair is for our listeners. Oh, my gosh. Uh, in, in the simplest terms, take about, and I think I've heard it's grown even since. Back then, it was four football field size, four stories, three to four stories per, and they're all categoried out, and each phase of it is different items. So the, when that first phase is over, everybody has to move out, and all these new people move in with new products. Oh. And it's over three to four weeks it's been a little while so i love organized chaos <laughs> and this is in shenzhen china guangzhou guangzhou yeah. okay yeah shenzhen's actually not that far from there which so what you do is we would tie in going to factories along with either before the show starting or after the show so that's where we would be able to go a lot of times when we go over there because the cost was pretty expensive we would stay a minimum 20 days over there in China. Some, I think our longest trip was 28 days. And a lot of that was spent at Canton Fair and then also going to these factories that either we were currently buying from or wanted to buy from to either check them out for quality or the ones we already bought from. They usually have showrooms and we'd go in there in their showroom and we'd be like, hey, wait, that's a good compliment to what we're already selling. How much is that? Well, we already know they're a reliable factory. We know that their quality is good. Let's just add some more products from the same factory. So we would start experimenting with, okay, hey, on this next order, piggyback 50 of this or 10 of these or 20 of this or 100 of these to try them out. That's a good point. Nothing replaces the actual in-person relationships that you can make. 100%. And it's like we're post-COVID and every, everybody's even more online and more remote. But going to the Canton Fair and making those in-person relationships and then staying for an extended time and sitting down with people manufacturers that can help your business, you're going to have a partnership for life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I still have friends over there, for sure. I still stay in contact with them, but it's good. I mean, it, it gives you also a good understanding of the factory and what to expect, especially if it's a factory you worked with a while and their quality's good. What other items can you add? Right, what's in their catalog? Or what do they have coming out that that's not in their catalog? Exactly. Yeah, you can see what's coming next. Can we get it first? Can I get an exclusive on it? There's a lot of ways, a lot of angles you can do, especially when you're physically there. I mean, it's one thing to either get on a Zoom or call them or whatever, but being there, oh, it's a whole different scene. Especially different if you scene. want an exclusive for mm -hmm. you know a year or more, ideally. But to get that exclusive, you have got to be in tight with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know that that relationship's worth a lot, especially seeing you in person, 
you know, these are some of these people I met at the, you know, Canton Festival. Now we're in their showroom. We've already been buying them from them for six or eight months. Now what other business can we do together? You're listening to the Fearless Sellers, the women of Amazon podcast. If you like what you're hearing, click the subscribe button. We have new content coming out all the time and you don't want to miss out. And so when you sold the business that you were uh, doing the sourcing for, the the iPhone business, um, what about the relationship for the person who bought your business? Yeah, so what we ended up doing was, uh, and, and just to kind of tag into that a little bit, as that business was still slowing down, our view count on our YouTube was still going up. <laughs> so it, it, he actually uh, was, I was actually a competitor of his. And I went out, I actually, we don't have, back then we didn't have what we have now, right, with the aggregators and there's different sources to go to to buy. So it was kind of limited on what I could do as far as like selling it. And so what I ended up doing is I, I got an agency to, to represent me. They completely misunderstood what my business was. And they're bringing all these people in. They're like, if I put a million dollars in, how do I get five millions by the end of the year? And I said, if that was the truth, I would just keep going. We all would. Yeah, right? Yes. It's like, yeah, I'd just do that myself. So uh, what ended up happening is I got out of that contract. I literally just went, I'm like, I know all the people in this industry. Okay. So I just started emailing everybody. I said, look, here's the deal. Yeah, I put it up for sale. Here's what I'm looking for, you know, to get out of it. Had uh, one of the guys hit me up and basically he had gone that wholesale route ah. that we talked about. And yes. he was doing probably 10x what I was doing, which was great for him. Absolutely amazing guy. He bought me to get me out of the way. Plus, he wanted my YouTube channel. Perfect. Yeah. So I that, love perfect storms. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And he still hasn't. So uh, just to give everybody a little reference here before I say something. When I sold it to him, it had 48 million views on that YouTube channel. Okay. So 48 million people have seen those videos with the name on it, right? And by that time, it was called Direct Fix. You can go look it up. Uh, there's two channels. Make sure you look at the right one because back then you could create two. So he owns both channels. And basically what he did, he just wanted me out of the way. He already had a YouTube channel. He wanted me out of the way. I went and checked. So I think I, I was under a non-compete for about a year. I went after the end of that year and I looked and within that year of him never adding a video, never doing anything to that channel, it had 3 million views in one year with nothing being done to it. Wow. That's how optimized that channel was. Isn't that crazy? That is, I mean, hats off to you for optimizing it properly. Yeah. And I love talking about algorithms and the YouTube algorithm is so powerful. Very that unique. You built this channel and it sat there and still continued to grow. Absolutely, yeah. What tips do you have for Amazon brand owners, Amazon sellers for YouTube? Absolutely, so we're gonna, we're gonna go a couple different ways. There's some SEO tips I'm gonna give. Okay. I'm also gonna give some AI tips to help. Love it. So the SEO tips uh, really come down to a lot of Amazon sellers uh, have already optimized either their title or their bullet points. And just to back up slightly, they probably already have a video on their on their uh, product page, right? I hope so in the seventh position. I would hope so. So take that already uh, pre-existing video, put it over, start building a channel around it. Make sure you fill everything out. You know how many times have you gone to a YouTube channel and there's no header there? Or the about us doesn't have keywords and it's done in there. Okay. So before you start, it's kind of like building out your store in Amazon before you start putting products on it, right? Same scenario. So do that. Now, when it comes to a video about the specific product, you are going to tweak it a little bit 
for the title of the video. Okay. So a lot of times, you know, there's different restrictions over on Amazon as far as the way the titles have to be. In this case, there is no restrictions other than you want to keep it probably under about 70 characters. And you want to keep that. A lot of your bullet points can go into your description, but not the very first line of your description. Okay. So the very first line of your description is going to be exactly what it says in the title. Remember, you already used the SEO keyword in the title. Right. So the very first line is going to be the same exact matching. You're going to leave a space. Then you'll start putting in like your bullet points or any of the other stuff. All your social media goes at the very bottom of your description. Put that at the bottom. People are always putting it up there. YouTube is social media. Yes. So um, when we're talking about the keywords, Mm -hmm. is there a certain amount of characters? So like on Amazon, we know that 120 characters into your um, product listing, you want to have your keywords. Is it the same on YouTube? Yeah. So 70 characters on the title, you need to be about 140 to 150 or less is what it's going to read first. Google will read that first. 140. Okay. So now that's just for that first sentence. You can have more. I think it goes up to 5,000 characters and you want to use up quite a bit of it, but you want to really ideally SEO the first 140, 150 characters. That's why I usually recommend just taking the title that's already under. You can add a little more to it to kind of make it a little better to understand because Google's going to pick up on it when it does the search. Is this where the AI comes in? This is where the AI comes in. Scramble it or something. So one other thing I'm going to add, though, before we jump into AI, uh, tags. Tags are, are basically SEO keywords. You use all those SEO keywords you already did on Amazon. Put those into the tags. So tags are basically Yeah, it's the tags YouTube's. at the bottom, mm-hmm. right? You know how many times I see an amazing video with zero tags in it? Hmm. Have you checked yours? Well, that's exactly where my brain just went. We're sitting in in studio together in Austin, and I think he just saw the thought bubble above uh-huh. my head. Because I think I might have checked it. I'll have to double check if I have. Yeah, and I need to do a lot of work on my YouTube channel. And this is one of the reasons I love hosting the Fearless Sellers podcast, because I always get homework after my guests. That's right. Well, let's jump into the SEO that might help a little bit on this. Okay. So using ChatGPT. Go ahead and ask ChatGPT to help you with that title. But there's also prompts that you can use, like keep it under 70 characters. Include the following SEO keyword. Give me five variations of it. So obviously you've already kind of come up with a title, but let it start like basically optimizing it for you. Now read them though, because sometimes they won't make sense or they're a little out of order. But if you're asking for five or 10 of them, you're gonna find a good one in there. So go ahead and use that as your title. Take your and then redo that title again as the first, uh, first basically uh, of the description, first uh, line of the description. So you're after that, you've probably already optimized your bullet points. Use all those; that's fine. You're going to have links after that, social media after that. That's fine. Now tags. Do not use ChatGPT for tags. That because because it does not do a good job at tag words. I wouldn't have even thought of it for tags because shouldn't the tags be relevant to what people are searching specifically Correct. to YouTube? So the tags actually are relevant to the title. To the title. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's there's ways to basically manipulate the SEO a little bit. And the SEO hasn't quite figured that out yet. I'm sure I could probably write a prompt for it. Just don't have enough time to write a very long prompt. Because I'll give you a for instance, uh, you know, with you guys, I could basically take your name we all know if there's multiple people with your name, which your name's unique, but if there was multiple people with your name, 
and I start searching for that on YouTube, it's going to show me all these people with your name. If I put your name with the word Amazon at the end, your full name with the name Amazon at the end, well, odds are it's going to point to you. Should, yes. Now, I'm going to also flip and say Amazon with your full name, and it's going to probably come up with you. So that was one of the ways early on I actually (laughs) had Brandon Young on my podcast and dominated him on search because I use Brandon Young Amazon. Because if I'm not mistaken, and it's been a little while, but I think Brandon Young, there's a football player or somebody named Brandon Young. So if you start just putting Brandon Young in, it's basically going to find these other videos with people that are not Brandon Young from Amazon that we know. So it was pretty crazy learning that little swap. The little, yeah, and those are little things that make a big difference. Absolutely. Especially if your brand name is your actual name. Yep. Like for me, Joey Roberts or Joie Roberts, however Mm. you want to pronounce it, but that is kind of my my brand name. It is. So I do need to watch and see what comes up. Me, Rob Stanley, that's a basic name. There's actually a, a race car driver with either Rob or Robbie Stanley. And if you search Robbie Stanley, which is what I would usually go by, he he shows up a lot. I mean, I I can usually dominate him when I need to, but it he is a pretty popular, I guess, race car driver of some type. So uh, one other tip I'm going to give you or a tool I'm going to give you, not AI related, but uh, there is a couple of uh, YouTube basically software out there that you can help oh. with uh, some of this SEO, some of these parameters I've given you. Uh, there's two different ones. There's one called VidIQ and the other is called TubeBuddy. VidIQ and, Vid IQ and Tube. TubeBuddy. Don't worry about VidIQ because TubeBuddy is the best one. Okay, TubeBuddy. Yeah, Tube. T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D-Y. TubeBuddy. Go check that one out. That'll help you with some of those parameters that we just talked about, the tag words that are missing, how many uh, characters you can use. It'll give you all these tips on doing that. And I think they have a free version to start. So give all that right. a try. I will get on the right path. That's I've been using it for years. That's, that's like my go-to tool for uh, helping on YouTube. Just... Less I have to remember because it's already already there, giving you the parameters, basically, of what you need to do to SEO and optimize. Yes, and optimization is everything. Absolutely. The cool thing is, TubeBuddy, actually, if you go with a little upper plan, they just recently came out with SEO titles that you can basically take your title and click a button, and it'll start generating within the TubeBuddy which basically means you're already on YouTube because it's a Chrome plugin. Yeah. And it'll start generating new titles for me right within my YouTube. And you can also use this for um, Google Ads as well because mm-hmm. YouTube and Google are together. I use Keyword Planner for Google Ads, yep. but I'm also going to check. Um, yeah. And they just came out with a new one too that they'll actually tell you how your thumbnail will compete against other versions of a thumbnail and it will get you more clicks. Oh, and that's, that's AI so generated. Cool. Yeah, it's super cool. It's that super is cool. So cool. So I'll tell you just just a quick wrap on the on a little bit of this YouTube and why we're talking about it. Amazon. Everybody goes to Amazon to shop, right? Like I shop on Amazon, but when people want to know about your brand or your product, they go to Google. Yes. So what we're basically getting at is when they want to find out more about your product, a feature that it has, how to replace a battery on it, or your brand, they're going to go to Google. Now, Google owns YouTube, so obviously YouTube is going to be trusted by them because they own it, and they're going to index it in your Google searches. So that's why we're talking about doing YouTube and why you need to have it for your brand or your product to be able to like just be everywhere, right? Because if they want to find out about it, you want to be the first one to basically show up when they're Googling about your brand or your product. 
Yes, and it's something like 35% of all product purchases start on Google. I mean, that's like yep. 3 million people Absolutely. searching for your product. So yes, great tip. So you built the seven-figure business with the iPhones. You did a ton of sourcing. You had this fabulous experience and exit with your YouTube channel. And then you went and joined Gatita. I'm sure I'm skipping some th- stuff. but You did, but, but that's okay. The, the point... <laughs> I'm at, well, the question I'm asking you, to me, I'd say you're such a strong entrepreneur. And I would have thought, not that you'd retire because you're young and you have the energy and innovation, but why Gatita? Yeah, so I did actually retire for a little bit. Oh. So I did have kind of a double exit in 2018 and basically took like the summer off. And I mean, I, that's a whole nother like podcast, but just long story short on it, Basically, by the end, when the kids went back to school, my wife, who Joey knows, uh, she wanted to be a real estate. So she started doing real estate and she looked at me and she's like, you're going to start another brand. And I'm like, I just did that for 20 years. Yes, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm like, no, thanks. I think I'd make that somebody else's problem. I said, I want my weekends off. I want to be able to learn to golf and all this stuff. So I actually went to Feedback Quiz, um, found them when I was looking for startups. Uh, I live in Silicon Valley, Bay Area. So I was looking for startups to work for, happened to run across Henson. They were just getting going, came in there as CMO, did that for a couple of years, uh, did a little bit of a uh, uh, six months working for uh, Crewme, and then uh, had a really nice opportunity. I'd actually just had Yoni on my podcast the week before, and I was talking with him, and I was just like, you know, that's a great company. I'd, I'd be really interested in working for him. So I was talking to a few people, and I have to thank Mina Elias, because Mina is the one that said, you need to go work for Gatita. And I was like, well, I just had Yoni on. So I called up, or I messaged Yoni, and I said, hey, you looking for anybody in marketing? So send me, your, send me the resume. And I'm like, can I talk to you first? And so I got him on the phone, and he's like, what do you, you know, who's, who's this person? And I'm like, me. And he's like, what? So we, we had some great conversations. Uh, COVID's at this time, because so, this was a couple years ago. COVID's at this time, and basically Yoni jumps on a flight with uh, Aton. Aton had just come on board uh, vesting and as our CEO. They fly out to San Francisco. We talked for like six hours straight. They flew back. I got my offer letter, and I was like, I love this place. Absolutely, I'll take that job. So I came in there as CMO about two years ago, and it's been absolutely amazing because really it kind of falls back to that YouTube thing. We're about helping people. Yes. And that's where it tied in, and that's where I loved. It was like, I get to just be me, help people, which I've always loved doing, and I get this amazing role to go out and spread the word of Gatita and help people get refunds or reimbursements. Well, you're definitely very good at your job because Gatita is everywhere. (laughs) That is true. That should just be our tagline. Gatita is everywhere. It is. That's it. You're at every single (laughs) event, and you move so seamlessly. It's like, oh, wait, you were just here, and now... I mean, you're probably going to Turkey next week. I'm not going. I'm um, unfortunately my daughter is graduating high school, so I will not be able to make it. But the one event of but 200. I will be in Puerto Rico after that. So yes, and BDSS. Yes, yes. Exactly. And there's so many events, Absolutely. and I love knowing though that Gatita will be there. Yep. And so, congrats. I'm glad you're so happy with Gatita. Absolutely. And. Gatita helps Amazon sellers find money that they didn't know they should have back from Amazon. That's it. You're hired. Perfect. Good. You I got the job. Come work for us. Yeah. I'm a terrible <laughs> Tell employee. Jamie, you're out. <laughs> I'm a bad employee, though. I'm a good business partner, bad employee. 
Yeah, the, we help Amazon sellers, Amazon FBA sellers with refunds and reimbursements when there's issues in the warehouse or miscategorization, uh, weight measurement type issues. We have a great new tool that just came out. I don't even know if you've heard about it. So it's called DocMaster. So, I haven't. So DocMaster is actually a patented uh, process that we've actually came up with that basically will help you. There is times you're allowed to, or they require paperwork from you. So instead of you having to go and find that and make a PDF out of it and send it in to be able to get it done, they will accept uh, packing slips. So we have it within our platform that you can generate the packing slip right within our platform. You just upload the logo. Now there is a couple of requirements. You gotta be private label. You already have to be like on with Amazon as far as your brand and everything, okay. brand registry. So there is a couple of requirements to that before I get too deep and Yoni starts yelling at me on camera. So even though he's not here, so there, it is there, and it, it's an amazing tool. Uh, absolutely, people can generate these right within our platform. Then we just came out with I, what I would call 2.0, but we call it a DotMaster Pro, that once you've done it the first time, you can now authorize us to submit it for you when that comes up that they need the paperwork. Oh, very cool. So there you go. That's actually probably breaking news because I don't think we've actually made that super public yet. Okay, so you just heard it here first on the Fearless Sellers podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for that Absolutely. breaking software. We're all about software and streamlining and making our lives easier. Yep. And that's one of the reasons I love Gatita because you sign up for your program and you're just going to watch our backs as sellers. Mm-hmm. Like I can just trust that if um, you know something is lost or damaged or something happens. Like absolutely, y'all want to know something weird that happened with my storage? It's not a storage. Um, the Amazon fulfillment center in Dallas where I send my product. I got an email like and it was like a week ago. It's like oh. There was a big storm and the facility is no longer accessible. Mm-hmm. So we will not be shipping your products out of here for two months. I was like, wow. okay, great, because I only have like, you know, a little over a thousand units left sitting there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, I'll get through it. And luckily I've been selling for a long time, so I know not to panic. Yeah. But if I were a new seller, and especially the time when I was having such my like inventory issues in twenty twenty one, I would be panicking. Oh, for sure. I'd be more panicked about if there's weather coming through, did it damage my products? So well, that would that I would really assumed, scare me. Yeah, I assumed. Which they'll alert you when it does. And that's where we step in. So if they come in and say, hey, some of your products got damaged, they're going to tell you how many of them, because they have to keep control of the warehouse. On the FBA, they're in control of your products because that's their warehouse. So that's where we come in because Amazon FBA, once they take possession of your products, it's their responsibility. It's their responsibility if they're pick and pack person grabs two instead of one, that falls on them. So the cool part is being that we're performance based, that even if it's something as small as like a dollar refund, a dollar product, we'll get you a refund for it. And if we don't, we don't charge you anything. It's not a monthly, it's not a contract, it's strictly performance based. So it works out good for you because obviously a dollar item would not be worth your time to have to go do all the paperwork, but we'll do it for you, absolutely. I'm so busy with running my brand that even one or two units or mm-hmm. three units and depending which price point it's in, like I have some pretty pricey stuff. So it's good to know that, you know, people who are Amazon sellers like you and your company built this to protect Amazon sellers. Absolutely. And I do appreciate you guys do it fair where you just take a percentage of what you find. Absolutely. That's the fair way to do it. Another reason I love working there. So absolutely. It's great. It is great. Well, Rob, before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Oh, gosh. Um, 
go get that YouTube channel going for sure. Uh, just start with those basic videos you already have. You know, everybody always says like, oh, do I have to buy fancy equipment and all this stuff? You got a phone and uh, you probably already have videos already made. Just utilize the content you already have to create that YouTube channel and start on it today. Don't You don't need to hire a big team. Just get it going and spend a little time each week. I know nobody has time to do anything, but spend a little time and once you get going, then, by the way, we'll throw one extra one extra AI tip. If you start running out of content, ask ChatGPT what content you should be making based on what the product uh, you sell or category you sell and have it write a script for you, by the way, and try to keep it under two minutes. There's some tips for you. Great tips. <laughs> well, I have some homework that I need to do, so I hope you'll come back on the podcast and we can check in how my YouTube experience is growing. Absolutely. And, and Rob, the money man, the face of Gatita, it has been an absolute pleasure. And until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's AMZ fearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless. <laughs> <laughs>